Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 15 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast on NJ.com. And actually, this week, we have a little special uh, setup as Jordan's hanging out with me live in studio. Joe, you get to look at my face. I know, this is going to be a how unfortunate, this be fun. How unfortunate for you that you have to look at our face. And we have a special guest we're bringing in. Yes, we do. Elliot Shore Parks, who covers the Eagles for us at NJ.com. Mr. Eagle himself. How you doing, Elliot? We, He's uh, flapping his wings over there. The, the good-looking guy on the phone, another dude in the studio. So. <laughs> Already someone's, taking shots. Someone's head's way too big. When he joined, when he joined us, he was a normal guy. Now he's a superstar over there. <laughs> so we're going to talk today on episode 15 here about the Eagles, about the Giants. And really, you guys have been writing your positional rankings, your NFC East rankings. We're just a couple weeks away from camp here, so I think it's time to start talking about the NFC East as a whole. And obviously on this podcast with Elliot here, we'll focus on the Eagles and the Giants and uh, this rivalry we have going here. So... Tell everyone, if they haven't read it, they can check it out on NJ.com, what you guys have been doing with these, these rankings. Well, we did position. Yeah, yeah, sure. We did position by position. One, you know, rank each team one to four. The, the best is, gets one point, you know, the one. Uh, for instance, uh, we both gave Tony Romo as the top quarterback in the division. Uh, so the Cowboys would get one point in that category. Everyone else would get wherever they fell in, two, three, four. We did 10 positions, 5 offense, 5 defense. We doubled, we weighted the quarterback position. So the quarterback position, because it's the most important position on the field and in the game, we all know that, we doubled that up. Now, we didn't get the special teams, Elliot, uh, because it's it's a little hard to do at this point because you really don't know who's going to be on special teams. But, you know, when you look at the Eagles, their special teams were so off the charts last year. They were great last year. Scoring touchdown after touchdown. How many did they get, Elliot? I think they had 11 non-offensive touchdowns last year or something like that. I mean, and that's the one thing we can get into this a little bit later. When people talk about the Eagles repeating their success from last year, I mean, you know, the defense should be a little better, the quarterback's question, but it's going to be tough to count on that same type of production from the special team. So that's going to play a big factor in, you know, the Eagles, whether they'll be able to jump out to a 9-3 and start like they did last year and maybe finish it, up, finish it off this year. Yeah, I mean, they had six or seven touchdowns on special teams. The Giants haven't had a touchdown in six or seven years on special teams. That's almost impossible to repeat. I mean, even if you're good on yeah, special yeah, teams, crazy. it's, it's uh, insane to think they'll be able to put those numbers up again. Even if they make a lot of plays, Elliot, I mean, just the scores they had, I mean, they – they won games early in the season on def- defensive and you know special team scores. Well, but the thing is, though, I agree it's going to be very hard to repeat, but Chip Kelly does put a ton of emphasis in the special teams, and, and it hurts the roster in other ways. I and mean, you look at their backup safeties, Chris Maragos, Chris Pazinski, two guys you don't really want on the field on, at safety, but are great special teams players. Brian Brayman, an outside linebacker, another special teams guy, but ideally not someone you want playing a lot of snaps on defense. So I think the special teams will be very good very good again this year. Obviously, repeating it's going to be tough, but you know, let's not fool ourselves and say that with how much emphasis he does on special teams, it does hurt the team in, in other areas, especially the back end of the roster. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why the, you know, when we do these rankings, it's really more uh, evaluation of the talent level you know, of, yeah. of, the, of the starters. Uh, for the most part, because we're not really grading backups, we're just you know we're we're considering the guys, and there's so many intangibles that are, that come into it. You know, injuries, for instance, for the Giants last year. I look back, we had the Giants as a t- you know basically the top defense last year in the division, talent wise, and and they were an utter disaster. Uh, you know, when they finished 29th in the league and lost half their right. defense, but uh, you know it's just Italian evaluation, and there's so much that goes into it, such as how they play as a unit. Uh, how the special teams gels, like as Elliot was talking about. So, 
you know, all these things come into it. And, and the Cowboys, you know, they didn't even fare that well this year in our rankings. But, you know, they, they wouldn't even, if you look at their team last year, they finished, what, 11 and 5, 12 and 4, actually, even. Uh, but yeah. because their offense was able to mask all their deficiencies, even that they still had on defense, they, they kept were them a off the team. field. Yeah. They, didn't, they weren't on the field much because they controlled the football so much. Let me ask you guys this to start it off. I mean, we'll get into the rankings, we'll go back and forth with the two teams, but I want to ask each of you because you broke it down with your teams and then you looked at the other teams. Simple question, but I think it's, it's kind of a complicated answer. Are the Eagles a better team now than they were last year? And then, then Jordan, the same thing with the Giants. Because, I mean, that's what it boils down to. Did they improve in the offseason? That's what every team tries to do. Elliot, right now, a couple weeks before camp, are the Eagles better? I think they are better. Uh, standing on the field at OTA, just looking at the talent on the field, I think this is a more talented roster. I mean, obviously it all comes back to the quarterback again. I mean, I, you know, I, you look at the other positions, I think they're, they're better at inside linebacker. I think Chico Lanza is going to have a monster year. Um, I'm not as optimistic about Byron Maxwell as other people are, but I do think he's at least just as good as Kerry Williams and probably a little better. Um, I've bought into the Walters. Ah, he's better. He's better, but he's not He's not a top-five cornerback like some people make him out to be. Right, like they exactly. paid him to be. Well, that's what happens yeah, like to free agency. Exactly. Right. I mean, yeah, that's just how it goes. My point is I think he, you know, he's not going to come in and shut down Odell Beckham Jr. He, he might, but he hasn't shown he can do it. But, yes, I mean – well, Richard Sherman couldn't last year, uh, let me tell you that. So I really yeah, doubt that Byron Maxwell can. True. He had a big game, and he actually made uh, Richard Sherman look bad on a bunch of He games, made a miss so. a lot. Yeah, a I, really, I really don't think that uh, Byron Maxwell's there. Anyone can really basically shut down Odell Beckham completely by themselves. Maybe Reeves. Yeah, I don't think there's maybe any cornerback that can do that. that that's, that's fair. But, um, I mean, then you look at, you know, the other positions, I think they're just as good at running back, if not maybe a little better, or probably better, actually, because they have Ryan Matthews now, which is maybe the best backup running back in the league or right, right up there. But then if healthy. Quarterback. If healthy, yeah. Oh, well, that, that could be the Eagles' slogan for this year, if healthy, because, I mean, Giants, you know, too. I mean, throw it in there. The Giants are, you know, half their team also. Maybe not all coming off the serious injuries of the Eagles, but same thing. Yeah. I mean, and the thing at quarterback with the Eagles is, they are. They still have Mark Sanchez, who was their best quarterback last year. So at worst, they're just as good as they were last year at quarterback. And then there's the Bradford question. You know, his ceiling. You know, people tell me it's higher. I guess it is. So if his ceiling's higher than you know uh, Sanchez and Foles, then yeah, I do think the Eagles are, are definitely a, a more talented team this year heading into the um, next season. That's the thing, though. The rankings. That's why the Eagles they fared so well in the rankings. They're they're a yeah. talent. They, you know. They added a lot of talent. A ton of talent. But we don't know how good a team they are. We don't know how it's all going to come together. It's hard for – you don't build teams in the NFL generally that way. Uh, usually, you know, the Seahawks, they built it from the ground up. Uh, you know, you add a couple guys in free agency. You usually don't add, you know, two, two handfuls of guys in free agency. Right, so and you usually don't see it off of a, a pretty good year, like 10-6, and 10-6. and six. Yeah. You, you know, a team that goes 2-14, and 3-13, and 13, and 13, they may have overhaul of talent. The Eagles went ten and six and overhauled the whole team. Yeah, I mean that's why you don't other, you don't know what the Eagles are. No, I don't think anybody does. And the other thing is, last year they had a ton of talent too. They might be better this year, but they still had very talented players last year. And you know, towards the end of the year, every week, you know, you would think, okay, this is where they're going to turn around. But they just weren't a good football team last year. Towards the end, they turned the ball over. They had stupid penalties. So to Jordan's point, yes, they are very talented. But last year they were talented too, and they weren't able to, to close the deal towards the end of the season. They so finished first in our rankings talented. last year. They, and and remember first. last year they were considered an absolute lock to win their division. It wasn't even going to be close. They were going to go twelve and four. And you know people look at the Cowboys, the Giants, and the Redskins as you know not even playoff teams. So yeah, I mean going into next year, I think the Eagles are more talented. 
and I, you know, I guess we'll pick our division winners at the end of the podcast, but I think they'll be right there when it comes to uh, at the end of the season, like they were last year. I mean, you know. They were in it. I mean, I, I would be surprised if they're not in it again. How about the Giants, Jordan? When you look at them, are they more talented than they were last year? And I guess we have to take into account the fact that two of their you know, better players with Beatty and, and JPP, they're not going to be around for at least a little while. That has to impact it. Yeah, I mean, they, they're, we, we did this rankings right when JPP, like the defensive uh, end, or we called it edge rushers or edge, edge players because they play different schemes. But uh, that was the first one up is, the, you know, the edge rushers, the edge players. And so we, we kind of counted JPP. So the Giants ranking actually included what we thought was pretty much going to be a full-strength JPP. I think at this point they probably would have dropped down a little bit in the rankings, especially on that. Uh, because JPP was the best, in my opinion, Elliot disagreed. He went with Connor Barwin, uh, the best edge yeah. player. Uh, I take JPP any day yeah, of the week I take twice JPP on too. Sunday, just as a player. Barwin's well, a, a good player. He's, he's a good player, more, but he's he not. He more sacks. Yeah, he does have more sacks the past two seasons than JPP does. Yeah, yeah but, you know, you're, you're, so, you know. You're JPP, he played with an injury two years ago. I, I You know, I'm not – if we're, talk, we're talking about 100% healthy, granted that's one of the things with JPP, but he played two seasons. He had serious back and shoulder problems that he played through, and he clearly wasn't the same player. And uh, – that, that contributed greatly to those numbers. But anyway, uh, you know, the Giants, they have Odell Beckham now. But it doesn't get weighted for Odell Beckham because this, he, this guy's a star. I mean, 1,300 yards and 12 touchdowns in 12 games as a rookie. I mean, think about how insane no, those numbers are. If that are. was over 16 games, you would still say that's an amazing year. But you yeah. over 12. If you, if you prorate that out to 16 games, he would have tied Des Bryant for the touchdown lead with 16. He would have finished with 120 something catches and 1,700 yards. Okay? So one of the greatest as a rookie, one of the greatest receiving seasons ever. Yeah, but and that would have been but as a rookie. Think he can repeat it? Uh, I, maybe not repeat it, but I think that shows you the level that this guy's at. This guy's a star, man. He, he yeah, when he, he is, yeah. when he's on the field in practice, he's at a different level than everybody else on the field, including Victor Cruz when he was healthy. Who's like, a, yeah, he's a pretty good player. Who was a really good player who himself had 1,300 yards or whatever. Uh, you know, so Beckham, we're not waiting. He he takes that offense to a different level by himself because he makes everyone around him better. Eli Manning is all of a sudden better when he has a receiver like that. Every quarterback is. Of course. Uh, you know, yeah. it, it, it should make the running game better. It should make the, the, the t- things open up for the tight end on the field when Odell Beckham is there. Like, these are the kind of things that he does to that roster. But their roster is filled with so many question marks. And I think that's the problem on the talent side is, like, you know, John Beeson, you know, good player. Can John Beeson stay healthy? We don't know. Uh, safeties, they have such glaring holes until we see otherwise. Uh, linebackers, some people consider them the worst linebackers in the league. I kind of find that funny in their rankings. Some people consider the Giants were ranked by NFL.com having the worst linebacker group. I didn't even consider them. They were second on my list in the division. The Cowboys and Redskins linebackers are just not very good, at least in the interior for the Redskins. Not a good linebacking division outside the Eagles. Eagles have pretty good linebackers. The Eagles have good linebackers. I'm a a big fan of Kiko Lines. I actually think D'Amico Ryan is pretty much done. Uh, He's he's on the the roster for, you know, uh, cheerleading and leadership pretty much. He's Mufasa, Uh, as Chip Kelly calls him. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean. You know, and I, I. I can say from watching Kiko and OTA firsthand, I mean, he's in for a monster year. You can't even tell that guy was hurt. I think he's, he's the best inside linebacker easily on the Eagles. He's the best athlete maybe on the defense, probably better than Michael Kendrick. 
I mean, I, I, you know, you look at what he did two years ago in Buffalo. And again, it, it all comes down to health, as Jordan said. And, you know, that, that shows in the NFC standings. You look at two years ago, the Eagles won the division 10-6. and six. They had all their offensive linemen play all game. They had Foles play. You know, Vic did get hurt, but then their quarterback that year was Foles. He played all the time. They had no major injuries. And last year, they were just devastated with injuries. So, especially this year, when you look at the Eagles' talent, and as Jordan's mentioning, on the Giants with JPP and, and Beeson and Victor Cruz and all that, really, is it safe to say that whatever team just stays the healthiest, maybe going to win this division. Yeah, I mean, that plays a big part. Of course. I'm glad you brought that up, Elliot, because Walter Thurman, who switched from the Giants to the Eagles, you know, he had some interesting things to say recently about Tom, how Tom Coughlin goes about injuries, how obviously Chip Kelly would have sports science. But the last two years, the Eagles have been really healthy. The Giants haven't been. I mean, I, my whole life, every time I've watched football, I always just assumed, for the most part, injuries are just, you know, it's just luck. Bad luck. It happens. I mean, JPP thing, right. obviously, is bad luck. What are you going to do? Um, but as far as the other stuff, you know, well, you could not play with fire. Well, yeah, it's, it's dumb luck, I guess. But as far as, I mean, do you think there's something really going on with Chip Kelly? I mean, you've covered them now for a few years with Chip Kelly there. Do you think they really have figured something out in keeping guys healthy, or have they had a, a good run of luck here? Because if they have, and we keep talking about who's going to stay healthy, then they have an advantage. Uh, I mean, that's tough. I mean, I, I'm, you know, obviously they put a ton of emphasis on it, and I think it falls in the category of you know, no pun intended, like, it can't hurt what they're doing. I mean, you know, they monitor them during practice. They, you know, they have special stretching techniques. I mean, they do all that type of stuff. With that being said, their offensive line was devastated with injuries last year. Nick Nick Foles broke his collarbone. McCoy had a concussion. I mean, this team has suffered injuries at some key positions. And, you know, so I I think they put emphasis on it. But I do think ultimately the year before it was just luck. Their offensive line was healthy all year. Last year that didn't happen, and we saw what that what that takes. You can you know drink all the smoothies in the world, but if you have a mattress and someone rolls onto your knee the first week of the season, something you can do about that. So I think the Eagles generally have been luck, but clearly what they do doesn't you know it's it's important to put an emphasis on it. Can only it can only help. I mean, you can't. In my opinion, you can't you know protect against broken bones no. or you know you can protect right. against hamstrings and. Uh, you know, pulled muscles and maybe just keep yourself a little fresher. And I think that maybe is the benefit. I'm not sure there's anything that prevents these injuries. You know, you tear your knee when you're cutting, you're going to tear your knee when you're cutting. If your Achilles has just been, you know, had enough at this point, it's going to pop, you know. So I think it's more about maybe maybe being a little fresher, I think, is is, is more... Conditioning. Yeah. yeah. It just helps well, no, just, Although, although Carrie Williams wouldn't agree, right, Elliot? Uh, well, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's just where I was going. <laughs> on the flip side of that, Kerry Williams, who I know people don't want to hear it, but he wasn't the only one that felt this way. I mean, the Eagles do practice very hard during the season, and Kerry said it. At the end of the season, they felt tired. And, you know, you look at last year against Indianapolis, they played on a Monday, they won, and Chip had him in there on Tuesday doing some stuff, which in the NFL very rarely happens, if, if ever. Um, so I think there's some downsides to how Chip runs his program. Um and, you know, they weren't very good at the end of the year last year. It's not – I think they finished the season 1-4 and four or definitely 1-3. and three. So, you know, all this talk about being fresh at the end of the year and being ahead, look, it all comes down to a combination of luck with injuries and just being a better team and being a better – you know, having better coaches and better players. That's what Kerry Williams said, and I, you know, I agree with him. You said it comes down to luck and injuries. The other thing football always comes down to, no matter what the team is, is the quarterback. You know, what kind of play you get out of the quarterback. So you guys both said in the rankings, Tony Romo came out number one in the NFC. And I think that's fair based on his career, based on the year he had last year. After I mean, he's that, he's been so good yeah, in the last three years. Yeah, he's I a, mean, he's a, he doesn't get enough credit to me. I mean, he's a really good yeah. player. I mean, his numbers in the last two years, I mean, he's thrown 60-something touchdown passes in like, you know, 20, what is it? It's 65 touchdown passes and 19 interceptions yeah, in the great. last two years. 
I mean, that's, that's just really good. There's no other way around it. That, that, those are really, really good numbers. Right. So then after that, you have Romo at number one in the division. Then Eli Manning comes in. And, you know, coming in the last year, I didn't know where we were in Eli's career because he was pretty bad the year before. But he, he 27 interceptions. Right. He rebounded last year. So I, good I, year. I feel good like year. we have a grasp on what Eli is now again with McAdoo. And now the question is with the Eagles. And, Elliot, you know, it seems like Chip Kelly can get decent production out of anyone uh, but he's hoping he gets more out of Bradford here. Well, you had the Eagles three, right? I, I took RG3 over yeah. Bradford. So you had the Eagles last. I did. I mean, I... I Too much uncertainty? Know, I I, I kind of like RG3. I think if he's in the right spot. Like, I don't know what happened last year. I'm, I'm kind <laughs> it was of... a mess. Last year, he lost his confidence, and they were just a complete, utter disaster. But I, I, if I had to choose, like, between a quarterback, I would take RG3 over Sam Bradford, knowing his injury history right now. I mean, it's me personally. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's an outrageous stance to take at all. No, With both not. of them, you're really just hoping they recapture some of the magic, you know, Bradford in college. And RG3 at least has done it at the NFL level. That's the thing you're talking about, Bradford in college, man. He hasn't been in college in years. That yeah. big year he that's had That's how Oklahoma. far away we are that was, from being yeah, successful. That was 2008, that big year at Oklahoma. 2008. That was a long time ago. Hey, I mean, Ellie, you, you were like in high Eagles, school. Yeah. You, you, you haven't been on Eagle Twitter recently, have you, Jordan? Because that's basically all they're clinging on to. You know, the potential he showed as a number one pick five years ago, which in the NFL is an eternity. But I, I agree with you. I mean, I think RG3, I don't see why anybody can be less optimistic, pessimistic about him than Bradford. But the reason I went with the Eagles ahead of the Redskins is just because of the backup. I, you know, I know we, we heavily weighted the starters here, but in the NFL, very rarely do a quarterback, does a quarterback play 16 games, unless you're Eli Manning. But, I mean, you know, Sanchez, in my opinion, is just a way better backup than uh, Colt McCoy the Redskins have and with Bradford and RG3 the reality is your back is probably going to play so you know on the weight of the whole combination of quarterbacks I think the Eagles ahead of the Redskins but and Fair enough. clearly the difference between the difference between the Cowboys Giants and the Eagles and the Redskins when it comes to the quarterback position is huge I mean the Giants have you know 27 interceptions two years ago yeah that's true but they still at least have some stability at the position and so do the Cowboys, where the Eagles and the Redskins are really just I mean, he's a quarterback you know you can win a Super Bowl with, Eli Manning. I mean, you can't say that about Sam Bradford and RG3 right now. It's just that simple. You could, you, you could argue that against Tony Romo right now. A lot of people would argue that against Tony Romo. But at least you can make that argument for Romo. You can't even get close to making that argument with Bradford and, and RG3 right now. As quarterbacks uh, you think are potential quarter, you know, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, you just... They're not even at near well, that don't, level. Don't, don't tell that to Eagles fans. Don't, <laughs> don't tell that to Eagles fans because they are, I mean, in Philadelphia, they are clinging on the hope that Bradford can, you know, with Chip Kelly be, you know, a better player. And let's face it, this isn't just, you know, in, in St. Louis, he was the victim of circumstance. I mean, yes, they didn't have great receivers and, you know, the offensive line, whatever. But let's be honest, he did not play well in St. Louis. This isn't just the, you know, the, he, he, he has to be a better player and with the Eagles, and he did say a little yeah. deal. Obviously, playing it, for Chip will help, though. Yeah, and well, I was going to say, Joe mentioned, you know, Chip gets better production out of his quarterbacks, but on the other hand, the Eagles had more interceptions than any team in the league last year, I believe, or at least they were right up there, you know, number one and two. So, you know, they, the turnovers have been a problem for this team. That it is one thing in the limited time he's played in the NFL, Bradford has not turned the ball over. So, so that is one thing to hope on if you're an Eagles fan, that Bradford will be a better decision maker, which is really the key in, in Chip's offense. So well, what's the best case for these quarterbacks this year? Jordan, Eli last year, before the season, they started talking about 70% completion percentage, which was, you know, that's a lot to expect out of anyone. I still don't think 70% would even be, you know, realistic. Right. Not even close for him. Like, no. that's maybe realistic for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, maybe. That's, that's a major And even then, number. even then, yeah. 
But Eli did play better as the year went on when he got Beckham. And, you know, outside of that game against the Niners, and I know the goal this year was under 10 interceptions, and if you take away that Niners game, which you can't do, but if you did it, I think he had nine last year. So what's the best case for Eli year two with McAdoo and a full year of of Beckham? I think just a little bit better than this one, than last season would be good, you know. 30, low low to mid-30s touchdowns and, uh, you know, 12 to 15 interceptions, I think, you know, that's... that's Giants fans would take that. Yeah, yeah. that's a good year for Eli Manning. I don't think anybody... You can't complain about that. I mean, this this offense is made to to be able to pass with success. Uh, You should be able to complete a lot of passes, and you should be able to... If if you have Victor Cruz semi-healthy, you should have some playmakers, especially with Vereen Mm -hmm. out of the backfield now, who's, who's a good pass receiver. Beckham and... If you can get, you know, Cruz anywhere near where he was before, that those are some pretty good weapons for Eli Manning to work with. And there's no reason to believe that he shouldn't have a better year in his uh, second year in Ben McAdoo's systems. Now, what, what, what's interesting is the fact that the Cowboys and the Giants finished where they did. Look, granted, we do- and we, we doubled the, you know, the point total for quarterbacks, and they still finished significantly behind, you know, the Eagles in the rankings. I mean, the Eagles finished full six points ahead of everybody else, ahead of the Giants, and eight points ahead of the Eagles. And it, it shows you the talent level that, A, the Cowboys have on offense, I mean on defense, and how, you know, me and Elliot don't think much of their defensive talent. They finished last in, in defense. Yeah, they were a smoke and mirrors defense to me last year. They got it yeah, done, I mean, but it wasn't... they were average at best. Yeah. They were, actually, were below average. I think the NFC East, I think the, the number one defense, I don't, I don't remember if it was the Cowboys or Redskins. One of them was 19th and one of them was 20th. So they're they were all good. bad. Yeah, yeah, not good. They were all bad. And they were probably only even 19th or 20th, the Cowboys, because they were off the field so much. If they were on the field so much more, they would have given up who knows how many yards per game. Uh, so it just goes to show you that, you know, the, Gi- the Giants, Redskins, and Cowboys, they have serious holes on their roster. And the Eagles... They have the most talent, but they have the one biggest hole, maybe, is that one position that we're talking about, which is the quarterback. Right. So, so it, you know, the Giants might win this talent competition division, but how important is that quarterback? Does the quarterback position just wipe away the, you know, the talent differential between them? It, it might. I mean, you could easily say that. You could easily say, oh, well, you know, Romo and Eli are going to throw for 30, 30 plus touchdowns and 10 or so, 10, 12 interceptions. And the Eagles might have, you know, a guy who throws. 15 and 15, who knows? So what's the what's the ceiling here? By, the, by week eight. They, well, that, that, that's a different Elliot, story. Elliot will be in heaven over of there. Of course he will. Elliot, Elliot, so tell me what Eagles... Your numbers will be off the charts. Of course they will. What's, uh, <laughs> what's Eagles Twitter saying? I mean, what's the ceiling here for Sam Bradford? Let's say he stays healthy. I mean, we watched Sanchez go to, what, 64% last year, and Sanchez was a 55, you know, 56 right. at best guy with the Jets. What is it for Bradford? I mean, if he stays healthy... We know chips go with quarterbacks. I mean, how good could he be? Yeah, I mean, you know, when when the Eagles first got Bradford, we were still in like the Mariota craze. Is that over yet? <laughs> wait, that, I wait. I didn't know that was done out here. The Titans re- assigned him officially, right? It's over now. No, no, they didn't sign him yet, unless he did it in the last hour or two, and I missed it. But no, he's still on side. But I mean, the thing, you know, obviously we talked about a little bit with the potential, but the other thing people point to is Bradford's accuracy. It's why you can see here, but. You know, in St. Louis, he was only at 58% completion percent. Sanchez with the Jets, which, you know, people point to how bad he was with the Jets, was, I believe, you know, 55%. So Bradford wasn't considerably better with the Rams. You know, so then last year with the Eagles, Sanchez jumped up to 64%. So, you know, you asked Jordan what the best-case scenario is for Eli Manning with the Giants. When it comes to Sam Bradford, the best-case scenario for him is, A, just 
don't tear his ACL and stay healthy. I mean, he can get you know sixteen games out. Big expectations you got for him, Elliot. Stand up straight. Yeah, Yeah. don't blow your knee out, bro. Yeah, that's all you need to know about the quarterback position and and with the Eagles. But the other thing is, and this is you know a problem is the Eagles have the offensive line has a lot of holes in it, especially at guard. They're you know they're going to bring two new guards in this year. Alan Barbie's a guy that. The Eagles are really high on, but he was best and cut by the Packers and then missed 15 games last year. Then the other position, they're looking at maybe Matt Tobin, who I'm not very high on, or a guy in John Moffitt, who was decent in Seattle but has been out the NFL the past two years. So if you're Bradford, you got to be a little nervous thinking. I mean, because the best-case scenario for him is he gets to sit back there with good, you know, without any pressure. You can just stand there and pick people apart. And he's capable of doing that. I mean, you know, in 2008, he showed he could deal with Oklahoma. So – you know, maybe something he can do with the Eagles. But then the other thing is... Back in 79, Sam Bradford had a good year. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Elliot. I wish you guys we- could debate with people on, <laughs> on Eagles. Because people, I mean, Eagles fans are optimistic. They're drinking the Kool-Aid. They always are. That's uh, When I moved there, yeah, I mean, when I moved there, that was like the number one thing. I, I couldn't believe... They just—they're on the chip. Shit. They thought there was no way. No, even when I moved there, like that was the, the you know the Andy Reid when they really you know the 2004-ish range. And like you know, three, four, five, like they just thought like they just were never going to lose a game, like yeah. really, uh, which right. they you know came close. I mean, yeah, they were, they were really, good. really good for that, but still, I mean, the they couldn't comprehend the fact that they could still possibly lose ever. I mean, imagine, imagine if the Cowboys had Sam Bradford as their quarterback, what the reaction would be from the Eagles fans? They wouldn't you give the Cowboys any guys. respect. Yeah, everyone would be they would yeah. be laughing at the Cowboys. Elliot, hear about this. Would you sign if you're the Eagles right now for 25 and 15 from Sam Bradford? When I sign, what would 25? 25 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. How many games? Plays 14 games. Uh, I mean, if he's a see, I actually think that's like worst case scenario for the Eagles because what you want from Bradford if you're the Eagles, you need him to be because he's a free agent next offseason. So if he plays 14 games and throws 25 touchdowns, I mean, I don't know. That's in my mind. That's you know, that's mediocre. That's not, like, definitive greatness, and that's not, but that's also not being terrible. That's so, true. That, like, shows enough signs for you to think there might be potential, right, but you don't right. know for you sure if that. he's, you don't know if he's for sure your franchise quarterback. And the other issue, you, the other issue is, let's say Bradford plays 14 or 15 games this year. I mean, are you ever going to feel confident giving this guy 30 million guaranteed? I mean, he, you know, I know there's, you know, the... The stats and the doctors say if you can't your ACL, you're not any more likely to tear it a second time or a third time. But let's all be realistic here. There's a guy that suffered some serious injuries throughout his career. So I think that's always something that's going to be in, in the back of your mind. But, yeah, I mean, best-case scenario for Bradford, you know, is 30 touchdowns, right where you said for, right where you said for Eli. I think he's capable of throwing 30-plus touchdowns if he plays 16 games in the offensive well, line. Nick Foles did it. Receivers are up. Yeah, Foles did it. And I mean, not even in 16 games. That wasn't 16 and played 16 that year, did he? I don't think he so did. It was 27 and 27 and two, and I think it was eight or nine games. Yeah, he took over in what? About October, late October. He took over. I think it was week six. He took over because Vic yeah. played week four. Yeah, it was week five. Well, something like that. That's about the time you dumped me, Elliot. Yeah, yeah, that was about the time I kicked Jordan to the curb. <laughs> but, um, Send me to yeah. the Giants. 
Send me to the, yeah. the losing franchise down in up in East Rutherford, which it has been since I got there. Yeah, you just dark cloud over the Giants. Well, they were 0-6 before I got there, so let's not get carried away. Like, they, like it was all rosy before I got that there. That was a rough start that year. Wow. I actually showed up for the Minnesota game. So I came. Uh, when I arrived, they finally actually won a game. It was, it was, was that the it, night they played Jason Cam- oh, Not Jason Campbell. Uh, uh, yeah. Like Freeman. Josh, Josh Freeman. Freeman. Josh Freeman. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, really, you know, to get back to your question, the best case for Sam Bradford, 30-plus touchdowns, maybe 15 interceptions or so. And if the Eagles get that, I, I think, because Jordan mentioned, the talent is there otherwise. It's really just a quarterback position. If Bradford can do that, that those type of numbers, I think the Eagles should win the division. Well, the big problem, I think, with the Eagles, another big, you know, concern is you have to worry about how, like we talked about it before, they got all these new guys, they have this talent, but how quick do they come together and make a good team? Uh, you know, it's not an easy thing for them to jump out right away. And uh, I don't think their schedule's easy early either. Right, Elliot, if I remember correctly? Yeah, they have the Falcons week one, which that's the game where I really think not having not played together, you know, putting the team, that's going to be a tougher game. Yeah, that's secondary against later. Matt Ryan early in the year, yeah. But they really shouldn't. They yeah, should win the road, that game if they're the a good Monday team. But they, they, that's the kind of game you need but to win if they're going to play. Are they team. a good team right away? I don't know. I mean, we don't know if they're going to be a good team immediately. Well, the one, the one re- reason you could be optimistic about that is Chip has won 10 games each his first two seasons. With really, I understand the roster has been together, but still, you're talking a whole new coach staff, whole new offense, whole new defense, switching from a 4 3 to a 3 4. So, you know, I, I think there's some truth to what you're saying, but. End of the day, this is going to come down to the quarterback. You know, if, he, if the quarterback plays well, they'll be a very good team. If he doesn't, then it doesn't matter how long they will be together. So, when you guys were ranking the rosters here and going through different uh-huh. positional groups in the NFCs, which one for each of you was the most difficult? Which ro- which position was the one that you, you struggled the most with trying to rank the teams well, one through four? I'll go first because this one pops out to me. Safety position, okay? Because they're all bad. The safety positions is horrible in this. Division. Is that just the NFL now, though? It's not that. I mean, you have the. I don't you know. Have a couple Look, great some ones. Teams, like some teams have some teams have good safety. This division lacks. Like, I mean, you can argue Malcolm Jenkins is the best safety in this division right now. I mean, the Redskins were okay. The Redskins were first, okay. And let me just tell you, if you go down to Washington and, and talk to Redskins fans and tell them that I ranked their safeties first. They'll laugh because their safety play has been so atrocious for years. And the and the receivers, years. they're gonna love you down there. Yes, yeah, seriously, you're the guy. So for me, like, I mean, I couldn't. I, I was. I, I could have put anyone first or fourth. I mean, the Giants, I put fourth just because I don't know who's gonna be their safeties at either either spot. Like, I know, okay, Landon Collins. I'm putting him as he's going to play eventually, but we're, no, he's going to start yeah. probably. I mean, he has to really flop. To uh, you know, not start. But we're talking about a guy who has never played a snap as you know the one guy that I could pencil in for the Giants. Maybe you know how how confident can I possibly feel about their talent level when they have a, a rookie second round pick, which is what he was. Mm-hmm. He fell out of the first, and uh, you know uh, I think it's two fifth rounders from the previous year. You know who have never played a, started an NFL game at safety. Or that doesn't inspire at confidence at all. Yeah, how could I possibly rank them high? Uh, you know, the, well, Eagles, the Eagles, and the Eagles are starting a guy who hasn't played safety since college. Yeah, that's, that's just about to say. Who can't yeah. stay healthy himself, Walter yeah, Thurman. that's true. Who hasn't stayed healthy or out of trouble, too. He has a, a marijuana suspension in there, too. So Yeah, that's the story of the Eagles secondary. I mean, I agree. The, 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 the position I'll say I thought was the toughest to, to rank one to four was the receiver position. Because in my opinion, you know, and you showed in the rankings, I had the Redskins last and Jordan had it first. So, I mean, because you look at, you know, the Giants have a stud in Odell, if we just talked right. about. Cowboys maybe have the best receiver in the division, it says. 
you know, and then Atis is number two, and uh, Terrence Williams. And then the Eagles have a very interesting group because they have, you know, second-year player in Jordan Matthews who had a really good rookie year. First-round pick Nelson Aguilar, a guy who a lot of scouts really liked, thought he might even be, one, you know, top-two receiver in the draft, even though he slipped all the way to 20. And then, you know, Riley Cooper is what he is. He's a good run blocker. They have Josh Huff. So I think, I think you make the argument by the end of the Eagles have a lot of very good receivers. And then the Redskins have a pro bowler in Deshaun, or a pro bowler two years ago in Deshaun Jackson. And Pierre Garçon, who's good, good, you know, Jordan thinks he's better than he is. But Caught 100 and, 108 <laughs> passes or something two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. And you, you all of a sudden, yeah. you think you think he just got old. You think he turned like 45 in, in, over a course of a year and a half. How but, old is Garçon, 31? No, he's like 28. We're all uh, we're all aging. Yeah, it. you guys you guys have Pierre Garcon in, in like AARP or a nursing home. The guy's like twenty eight well, years old. Go. That just makes it that just makes it even the wife even more. I mean, I think you can make the argument for any of these, probably besides the Eagles. But by the end of the year, I think we'll make an argument for any of these units as being you know best in the division. So here's what I think though: if Victor Cruz was healthy, yeah. here's can we agree on this? If Victor Cruz was one hundred percent healthy, we'd have the Giants number one. I agree. I think I might even have put the Giants number one. So, yeah, I, I Yes, I think you did. Well, we both would have had him number one then if Victor Cruz was healthy. But I just can't go that far to say, I look, he's going to play. I just don't know what he, level he's going to play at. Do we know when he's going to play either? I think he'll well, play. He, well, you're closer to the situation. Yeah. Will he be ready week one? He, he's going to be, yeah. He should, uh, barring a setback, he's going to be ready re- week one. He's going to be, he's ready, you know, first day of training camp to go out there and play. Obviously, they're not going to throw him out there full time. So, what that, a little less than a year from the injury? It was week four? Yeah, I mean, he's, no, it was, uh, it was against the Eagles. Way right. less than a year. Yeah. Way less than a year, right? Um, it was week four, I think. Yeah, but he got injured in October. So, right now, right. October. Week, week four, so, week five. It was early October, very early October, first week of October, I believe. So yeah, you're talking, and now, now. It's, and now it's July, so you're talking about nine months now. Mm-hmm. So nine months is about the max it takes to recover from that injury. Right. That's what they said. You know, eight, nine months. So he's at the nine months. So by the time the season starts, it's going to be at 11 months. The question is, you know, we haven't seen a lot of guys have this injury, and, and so you don't know, is he going to be able to come back and have the full ability to cut and at the same speed? Like, that's his game. His game is in the slot. Quick movements, you know, shiftiness, cutting. Like, that. I mean, he was never a, a burner anyway. So, uh, you know, can he come back and be that same guy is, is why I couldn't put them first. Because, right, to me, it's Odell Beckham and a bunch of average guys. Until I see Victor Cruz come back and be a really good player. And, and then not, that knocks everyone else down and a maybe peg where they will. belong. Like you know Ruben Randall knocks him right. down a peg. If you told me, okay, this is the rating, rankings of the receivers for week nine, I'd probably have more confidence. But, you know, it's like when you come back from an ACL injury, it usually takes some time of actual playing before a guy gets back to that level. You know, they used to say it used to take a full a full year. Yeah. Now, now I feel like it's become even less. Now guys can do it in like a half I mean, yeah, a season. Look at, look at what Jeremy Macklin did last year. If you're right. a Giants fan and you want to talk to Mr. about Cruz, Macklin had the best year of his career last season coming off the ACL. Yeah, so, the problem is yeah, Cruz I, is not ACL. He's a, he's a different injury. That's the thing is nobody knows a lot about it, this injury. There just hasn't been a ton of guys, especially a wide receiver that have had I remember when you guys wrote about it right after it happened. I mean, it was like you couldn't find 20 names. It was not yeah. that many. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, and the guys that have are guys that – Really, a lot of the guys haven't had a ton of success, at least in skill positions. All right, let's let's wrap with this on uh, episode 15 here. So you guys did your rankings. The Eagles came out overall number one. Each of you give me the position for the team you cover, the you know the group position group that if they do really well, if they exceed what you think, then this team will win the division. You know, like your team will end up number one. So who on the Giants, Jordan? What position group 
has to play really well for the Giants to ultimately, when we do this ranking at the end of the year, say that's why they were the best team in the division. Yeah, I think the easy answer to that is offensive line. But I'm not going to go there because, you know, if you say offensive line, you know, I think the Giants can scheme around it. Like, they, you know, they, they could be a really good offense even if their offensive line is average. I don't think they need to be great. Uh, they're the Cowboys from last year. Yeah, granted, year. they're not going to be the Cowboys. Right, no, they have a rookie starting a left tackle, you know, a right tackle. Who the heck knows? Uh, so they just need to be average. So I'm not going to go there. I'm going to say if they're edge rushers, and we're calling defensive ends for the Giants. If they have end defensive line, really, any if their pass rush is really good and performs at uh, you know the the level, if we if they get JPP and he's JPP like he was at the end of last year, which is hard to you know, right, if you pencil that in right now, of course. I, I don't feel confident that's going to happen. Or And DeMontre Moore, you know, I, who I think is in for a big year, evolves into a really dangerous double-digit sack kind of guy. Uh, and they get, a, you know, Devin Kennard from Dev- Devon Kennard. I can't say who that Who played really name. well at the end of yeah, last year. He's a good pass rusher from the linebacker position. If they get that and one of their interior guys, you know, blossoms, and the Giants have that really good pass rush. Look, they won two Super Bowls because they had a really good pass rush. And now rush. they, they have a defensive coordinator back from the first exactly. one. Exactly. So to me, they need that, and that's the key to this team because they need to mask that secondary a little bit, those safeties. They're going to have a lot of uncertainty there. Uh, so they're going to need to mask it. Their linebackers, I don't think, are great in coverage. They're not going to be great in coverage. Definitely not. So they get that those edge rushers. If they get premium play from those edge rushers, that's a position to me that the Giants can go out there and have a big season and win the division. All right, Elliot, we have the, we have the Eagles on top right now in, the, in these rankings here. How do they stay on top? And, and give me something outside of quarterback, because I think we, we all know and everyone listening yeah. knows quarterback is the key for the Eagles. But outside of quarterback, which position has to play really well for the Eagles to win this division? Well, I actually don't think it's quarterback. I mean, I think it's without, without doubt the offensive line. I mean, for a number of reasons. One, the Eagles' plan this season is to run the ball. They're going to give, you know, ideally DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews, and somewhat Terrence Fuller. They're going to, or they're going to touch the ball a ton. So that, that's key, obviously, with your offensive line. But the other reason is to get back to the quarterbacks is you have a guy in Bradford there who really can't take a lot of hits, and you certainly don't want him running for his life. I mean, you show, he showed in St. Louis when the offensive line isn't great, he's not able to really do anything or elevate anybody around them. And then Sanchez is another guy you don't want making decisions on the fly. So the offensive line, if they can get the same type of season they got in 2013 from their offensive line this year, which will be hard to do, but if they can do it, then I think they should win the division because it will allow them to run the ball. It will give the quarterbacks time to sit back there and execute Chip Kelly's offense. So, But the issue is that's going to be very hard to do. With As we talked about earlier, they have some big questions at guard. Jason Peters is still a very good player, clearly, but he's a year older. And some would argue he maybe took a step back last year. So offensive line, if they, if they can be really good, the Eagles will you know, fulfill our, uh, our rankings here. And win the, the, good, the good part is when you have two really good tackles, maybe the best, left, right. ta- the best tackle in the league, and would someone argue a really good, really good center, some would argue is the best in the league, you might be able to mask yeah. this. You know, it's a lot, and I like little, Lane Johnson, too, yeah, right tackle. That's what I mean. They have two really yeah. good tackles and a good center. It's a little easier to probably mask those interior spots if you have those two those good players around them. So, you know, yeah. I, I don't think it's out of the question that the, that, that the Eagles can actually, you know, fill those spots sufficiently. Uh, maybe they're not great or, you know, they're not going to get pro bowlers, but they just need to be okay at those spots. I like the groups that you guys picked because if this division somehow does come down to the final game of the season, it will be the two groups you picked going head-to-head, the Giants yeah, defensive line, Eagles offensive we line. We did say that last year. We watched the last two years and we've watched awful football games. Right. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was that was a buzzkill at the end of the year. <laughs> I mean, we were we were taking a nap in the press box last year in that finale. So let's see how many balls Odell Beckham Eagles could were catch. In Dallas. So the Eagles are used to having that game mean a lot. Two years ago, they were they were in Dallas. Last year, obviously, it was the Odell show. You know. Yeah. It was the year before we'll that, see. I think, the Giants and Eagles played also again the year before that. The Redskins, yeah. Yeah, yeah it seems like the NFC East always comes down to the last uh, last game of the season between two teams. I mean, last year, Giants-Eagles didn't work out, but like you said, Elliot, a couple of years ago down in Dallas, so uh, we'll see, but camp's on the horizon here, and uh, we'll come back next week with episode 16, keep talking about the NFC East, and get ready for camp here, and uh, we appreciate the little guest spot here from our Eagles beat writer. Uh, appreciate you hopping on, Elliot. We're going to bring Elliot back so we can come wave his little Eagles flag uh, again. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'll be glad to come back anytime, talk about Sam Bradford. It's always fun. All right, appreciate it. Elliot Shore Parks on the Eagles. Everyone, thanks for listening to episode 15 of Talk is Cheap. We'll be back next week, uh, same time.